Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. With the start of a new year, there's often the new year, new you, or self-care. It's really important to take care of ourselves. And while we intellectually understand it's important to take care of ourselves, and we still find prioritizing ourselves challenging because we prioritize people pleasing other people over our own needs. I call that AKA approval whoring, right? You want to be your own best friend, but you spend a lot of time criticizing and hating yourself. You want self-confidence, but you're not quite sure how to do it. And in fact, I'm going to uncover today the myth of confidence. So culturally we're programmed that once you achieve you will feel confident once you achieve fill in the blank, right? Best-selling author. Once you achieve being a best-selling author, once you get the job of your dreams, you know, once you become this star-studded athlete. And one of the things that we see all the time in the news is those who've become famous or hit those high achievements that our culture puts forward and saying, this is the success model. We also see that it's not without its own vulnerability and its own pain, right? We see this in the news. It's constantly in this news cycle that we see. It can be building a business, whether it's, you know, making 10,000 a year or 100,000, 500,000, a million, 40 million, 100 million, a billion. I've had clients in all ranges of those numbers that I just told you, every one of those. And once they got there, it felt really cool And then the doubt came up that my friend is actually quite normal. So again, this is the myth of confidence. It's like, oh, once I build my business, once I get it to this next level, I'll feel really good. I used to see the same pattern happen all the time in swimming. Once, once I make far Westerns, once I make junior nationals, once I make nationals, once I, you know, side with my college, once I, it's always this once, once I get this, then I'll be able to be confident. But that's one of the myths. It can be, maybe you have a business, having a company and I have clients that go through this and you're getting private equity funding and you're like, yes, this is awesome, right? It's that validation. It's that huge dopamine hit. Then you can feel confident, right? Or getting promoted to the C-suite, or maybe it's this lifelong dream of becoming financially independent, right? For some people that's being rich, being wealthy, whatever that determination is. My friend, it's a cycle, We think we're going to feel great and confident all the time, but that's not how it works. Once you achieve your goal, vulnerability sets in. As I'm talking about this, I think about like weight loss, right? How often it's like, well, once I lose this weight, I'll be happy. But then you get to that weight and then you're so afraid of that you'll gain that weight back, right? Once I make this money, I'll be happy and I'll be safe and secure. But what happens is when you make that money, what typically happens is people get afraid that they're going to lose it. It's that then they start to ask themselves these questions. Can I do it again? What if others find out I'm a fraud? What if the weight comes back? What if I lose it all? What if I get fired from my job? 
What if I can't do my job? And later in this podcast, I'll discuss what to do when we ask ourselves those crappy questions, because those are what those questions are. They lead us down the pathway to more shame, more fear. It doesn't help us see the light. It actually brings us into darkness. So the one myth of confidence is that we will feel confident once we achieve right? A certain status, certain status, certain award, certain achievement. The other aspect, the other myth of confidence is that other people give us confidence. And we're taught this, right? Like, does your teacher like you? Does your coach like you? We're constantly taught this like, oh, my coach said this to my child. And now my child has so much confidence. It's a dopamine hit. It doesn't last very long, right? And I hear this often said just about people that I know who are coaches, right? Like, oh, this coach said this to my child and she had so much confidence or he had so much confidence because this, right? It's having other people give us their approval or validation. It's lovely. It feels good, but we want to think of it like dessert. It's kind of like eating ice cream. Ice cream's yummy. It's delightful. It's not something that we can nourish ourselves 24 seven, right? Like it is something that we add to have a bit of fun and delight in something that just tastes extremely delicious. There's not nutritional value. And that is other people's approval or validation. So maybe it's your boss, maybe it's a teacher, a client. Maybe it's like, oh, once I marry Prince Charming, like, gosh, are we not culturally brainwashed about this? Once we make Prince Charming, then we'll be validated that we're finally good enough, right? And we're worthy. And then we can have confidence. And sometimes it's also about our kids' achievements, right? Like so often it's like our kids validate us. So whether it's like our kid is the star athlete and the position it may give you, or your kid's really smart or going off to the school or, you know, because the child can then therefore be burdened with, they represent the family. So those are different ways that we can have confidence, but it's leaning and it's dependent on other people. And the truth is, is confidence is an inside job. It really comes down to our inner self of believing in ourself. And it's not about controlling the outcome. And I've tried it. I have tried controlling the outcome. I was the queen of certainty and thought if I can just outmaneuver everything, control the outcome, then I can believe in myself. Didn't work. It's not about controlling the world. I used to say, man, if I was the ruler of the world, right? Magical thinking, doesn't help, often is just leads to a bigger downward spiral internally. And it's not about controlling others. And I've talked about that here on the show about like having a script and being the writer, producer and casting agent of that script, right? And being the director and thinking that everybody needs to follow your script and then they're not following through on it. And we're trying to control them. It doesn't work. It actually gets in the way of connection. So having confidence. It's about knowing who you are and that you can figure things out and do a good job per your standards. That's what confidence comes down to. Confidence comes down to what do you know about yourself? No matter what, what do you believe about yourself? Managing your mindset is key to cultivating self-confidence. It doesn't mean saying something like for me to say, Oh, I'm I'm an excellent cook, right? Like I have my own struggles. I can make food and I'm getting better as the more I practice it, the more I'm willing to learn, 
the more I'm willing to put time into, invest time into and spend. I'm getting better at it. There are things that I've gotten down really well. And there's some things that I either don't have a desire to, or haven't put the time and effort into it, or I would rather not do it. Right. So, but I I would never go around saying that, oh, I'm this fantastic cook because that's not really who I am. And it's not something that I'm cultivating a practice to create. So I'm not saying false bravado in managing your mindset, like, you know, the positive affirmations and you sit there and you just say these things, but then don't get up and work. I'm not saying you have to work overly hard. You have to overfunction or overwork hard. I'm saying that there has to be an alignment with what it, what you know for sure is true what you believe, how you feel, and then how do you behave in the world? Those three things come into contact. What do you believe? How do you feel? In how do you behave? How do you act? Those are the three things that then will help you create that, right? So it's not just managing your mind and just telling yourself positive affirmations. It's also understanding your emotions and checking in with your body and soul, like because your emotions are part of that. And what they're communicating to you are critical so that you don't mistake in false bravado or arrogance as confidence. That's what happens sometimes, right? Like we're in this place of shame and we overly state something because we're trying to prove something, but it's really not how we feel. And our body's trying to give us information, right? We're getting in the colder zone for ourselves, but we may not be paying attention. So that's why it's so important to manage your mindset as well as understand your emotions. And that is how you cultivate confidence. It's not coming from achievements. It's not coming from awards. It's not coming from other people, right? It's about coming from inside and really knowing what you believe about yourself, understanding your emotions so you can tune in and be like, is this true for me? Having that internal self-awareness and then knowing what do you know about yourself no matter what? So for an example of that, one of the things is that I can figure things out. I may not have the answer right off the bat, right? And so identifying a long time ago as a slow learner helped me give myself space to realize if I have time and space, I can figure things out. And sometimes it's about learning. It might be about, you know, hitting up Google, it might be going and asking a few different people, maybe asking for support from other people where they have knowledge. You know, for instance, It's raining a lot here in Northern California. In my town, trees are falling down and I've got these great Italian cypresses that I don't want to fall down and I don't know anything about trees and the maintenance of it. So one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to look for an arborist to then help teach me as well as make sure that we are taking care of these trees because I would like them to stay up for a really long time. They are fantastic trees. They provide great shade cover. I really like them. So it's not about me knowing it all or me learning it all, but who are the people that can support me in that bit of information that I need? So what do you know about yourself no matter what? I can figure things out. I'm good about asking for help when it comes to stuff like that. There's other areas where I'm not good at asking for help and I'll get to that later. But when it's coming to like asking for help about trees, like I don't have a belief I should know that. When it comes to hosting a dinner party, I may have a belief that I should know how to do that. So then I get into shame storm and I would just say, not going to do it. So what do you know about yourself? No matter what, that's really important. That's important self-identification, having that awareness and then checking in. What do you believe about yourself and managing your mindset? I used to have this belief 
It was a huge limiting belief of I'm a loser from loser street. Once that turned on, I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't figure anything out. I would pout. I'd be helpless. And then I'd become this energy vampire because I was trying to get confidence, assurance from other people. And that'd be approval whoring, right? It was just this downward spiral. And so being able to uncover that limiting belief and then really know, learn about who I am. I can learn things. There are certain things that I'm really good at and that I understand. There's certain things that I, I don't know or I don't understand. And I'm okay with that. Not having to be, know everything. Identifying years ago as a slow learner was so important because intelligence was such a huge, important value growing up culturally, family of origin, that being a slow learner, there was a bit of shame wrapped around that. But realizing I can learn slowly And when I do it that way, I actually integrate. That's just my process. I can understand concepts quickly, but to really get into my bones, I need time. And when I found out the people that I really respect in in this world, they tend to be slow learners too, and they're masters at what they do. So it's okay. And it's okay if you're a fast learner. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like, we all need to be ourselves and do what works for us. And then the other part about understanding our emotions is that our bodies know when we're lying. It can tell. So when we can understand our emotions and saying like, oh, am I bullshitting myself by saying this? Like, oh, I'm a really good cook, right? Am I bullshitting myself? Or I'm really good with money. You know, my body's like, yes, you are. It doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes. That's not true. We all make mistakes, but I manage the risks of those. One of the things that's important about as you cultivate your own self-confidence is being able to figure things out, right? Because when we go into like this confidence coming from other people or outside things, it's that we don't want to get vulnerable, right? So figuring things out is really important. Dealing with uncertainty, like when we have confidence, how can we have confidence when we don't know how it's going to play out? Vulnerability is uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. That is the pathway to what we want life, meaningful connection, creativity, innovation, right? Doing meaningful work, right? To enjoying life, there's vulnerability. What we do though, is we try to control, we often plan or try to control so that we don't have to deal with uncertainty. And I get it. Like, that's why I say we need to manage risk and identify that because life likes to surprise us. We can go about with the best laid plans and life happens. And how can we pivot? So can we learn to be agile? Sometimes we want to learn things like be prepared well ahead of time. It's also having the ability to learn things just in time, learning to figure things out, learning to ask for help. Like when I talked about the trees, having the space to practice so that we can learn it in our bones. And that's the slow learner bit especially at this day and age where we're so into Google and Amazon and everything happening so quickly, we don't realize that it takes a long time to practice, right? Whether it's 10,000 hours or how many years of being a swimmer before you're able to be at a higher level, right? That level of mastery, the amount of hours that I have coaching clients, right? The years and the hours and the, the level of mastery which then allows me to see a lot of the patterns that go on and to be able to be present. And I have this body of work to support my clients, right? That takes practice and having that space is so, so important. Now, the key to all of this is compassion. And I talk about compassion a lot 
it's it's so critical, so, so critical, right? Because it's not about judging ourselves or doing it right or wrong. It's about learning. It's about giving ourselves the space to practice. And it's about reflecting. And again, notice when you return back to your old ways of being, right? Of where we often absentmindedly go and we start to believe, oh, I need to get confidence from this other person or this award or the status. And that's what gives me confidence. No, remind yourselves, confidence is an inside job. So earlier I said that I would circle back to asking ourselves questions, right? So instead of asking ourselves crappy questions of like, oh no, can I do it again? Or what if I revert back to my old self or my old way of being? Or what if I go back into debt? Or what if this person leaves me? Or what if I'm getting screwed again? It's about asking ourselves quality questions. And one of my favorite questions, especially in a time of uncertainty and there's vulnerability is, what do you know about yourself no matter what, right? That my answer is, I can figure things out. And sometimes I have to remind myself, I can figure things out with enough time. Okay, it doesn't mean necessarily that I will figure it out, but then maybe it's, I will be able to figure out who are the people to go to to seek their counsel or their help or their support, right? I'm not going to be the one that's going to cut down the tree, but I will go and find somebody that can do that. There may be sometimes I go and find somebody to get advice and then I go and do the work for that. So there's differences. The other great quality questions to ask ourselves is what's working well and what can be improved, right? Those reflective type of questions are going to help us more towards giving ourselves confidence and creating a relationship with ourselves where we trust ourselves, because we are really there owning our story and loving ourselves, right? Which is something that Brene Brown talks about doing. And it's about owning our story, loving ourselves, and then going, okay, what can I improve if I'm not where I might want to be? So here's the final thing. Having self-confidence is not a final destination. It's an ongoing practice in our lives. And we have certain arenas where we may have strong confidence in, right? Maybe you love to cook and that is your jam and you have a lot of confidence in that. We know for me, that is not my area of self-confidence. There are certain things that I have confidence in, right? But that is not my confidence. For me, I have self-confidence in my ability if I fall into a pool. Right now, notice I said fall into a pool. I don't have the confidence that I can do what I did as a collegiate swimmer, you know, is swimming the 200 butterfly. I don't even know if I can swim eight laps of butterfly, quite honestly. Now I don't have that confidence because when I don't practice, I don't have a structure, a setup that supports me able to do that now as a 50 year old versus when I was 20, 21 years old, you know, or I don't know, 15 to 21 years old doing that, right? There was a structure that was set up. So yes, I was a former swimmer. I was a former collegiate swimmer. Now my arena is if I were to be fall into a pool, I know I could be okay. I could swim. I could make it through, right? So it's being aware when you step into the arena, what are your own constraints? What is your truth? You know, I know as an adult, I develop my self-confidence with myself and money. You know, I am good with money. And that's not something when I was younger that I had that belief of. I used to have all these other stories about money and stuff, but I'm really good with money. Now, the area that I'm not so great at and don't have a lot of confidence in is when I throw a dinner party, I have much less self-confidence. 
that's because I don't have the practice. So when you step into each arena of your life, be aware of your own internal self-confidence. Understand where you may be seeking assurance and maybe even approval whoring to get a dopamine hit of what seems like confidence. Make sure you uncover the vulnerabilities for you. Think about what you know about yourself, no matter what. So going back to the dinner party, when I throw a dinner party, I have to be really, really clear because instead of thinking, remember there's that cultural programming, right? And I can often do it absentmindedly. And so instead of thinking, it needs to be some Instagram worthy photo event, which unnerves me even more. I think about what's the risk I want to manage as well as what my intention for the event. So my biggest risk is I don't want anyone to get sick from the food that I cook. <laughs> there have been times that I've, thought, I've decided, I thought about, you know, having the event catered, having somebody else do it. So that could be a way of getting support. Or the other part was what's something that I can do that's easy. And I recently had one of my daughters, her teammates came over for dinner. And so I made them this chicken tortilla soup and the Instapot. It was fantastic. It's one of my go-tos. It's been a few years since I've made it, so I forgot. But I knew that it was going to work within the time frame. It was going to be warm. You know, it was a good starter in, in reintroducing dinner parties, right? Even though it was college students. So it was different than what I thought the Instagram worthy had to be. But I didn't want anyone to get sick. I want it to be yummy. And how can I make it easy for me? So those are the areas that I had to manage the risk of. And then my intention was for connection. For them, it was about, you know, having a free meal, having somebody cook for you, being taken care of, you know, having something that's nutritious and fulfilling, right? So this helps me simplify my expectations when I manage the risk, as well as set the intention for that arena. It gives me a clear picture so I can focus on what I know how to do, as well as get the support I need so I can stay aligned with my intentions. And when I say get the support I need, you know, it could be making sure that, you know, there's certain parts of the house are cleaned up. It was, I had asked my husband for a couple things to get done so that when they came over, we were ready to go. And sometimes I have to like give myself grace and say, okay, if it's cold food, if that's the risk, as long as it's not, it's nutritious and it's going to not food poison them and it's cold, can I be okay with that? Right? Because maybe the timing of it, again, I don't have the whole practice down, but maybe the timing of it won't work. Or there's always a good thing of we can microwave it, right? Or put it on the stovetop. So simplifying the expectations, managing the risk and knowing that connection is the key, right? Because that's my intention. So here's the thing. Your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship you have. It is the foundation for your other relationships. Confidence is feeling sure of yourself and your abilities. Make sure your expectations are based on being a real life human and not magical thinking or what we've been culturally programmed or by the massive images that we are constantly inundated with. Confidence is feeling sure of yourself and your abilities. Make sure your expectations are based on a real life human and not magical thinking or what we've been culturally programmed to see with all those images we've been inundated with, whether it's social media, whether it's media, TV, magazines, or even believing that this job of one person who's doing this 
is what you should be doing because this one person, but you may not realize is that that one person may have an invisible system of support for that one person, right? Like when I was talking about hosting a dinner party, I could have the option of catering, but if I took pictures and presented it, you may think, wow, Corinne is this great, amazing cook. And then you could be judging yourself. So being really careful what information you take in and instead go back inside of you and go, okay, what do I know for sure? What do I believe? What is my emotion? And focusing on your confidence doesn't mean we go this alone, right? I've, I've given many examples of there's support that we need in the world, right? So it's not about going in alone. You're not supposed to be self-confident by yourself. There's a difference between having your own self-confidence, having your own belief versus needing it from other people and getting that dopamine hit, but then it goes away very quickly. So for those of you who want a space to practice about developing your own confidence, we do have a digital course called Grounding Confidence, and it's a short little course. It'll take you about a couple hours to go through the material and complete, but then it's about creating that practice of managing your mindset of your emotions, but it really breaks you down into the nitty gritty of it to get you started on that. We'll have a link in the show notes. All right, my friend, I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.